0: Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Affiliate marketing is one of the best ways to leverage word of mouth to grow your brand, but it's often incredibly challenging for CPG brands to properly execute on it. So I invited on Creek and Jackian, a two-time CPG founder with one exit under his belt. He most recently founded CPG Affiliate Partners, where he helps brands traverse the convoluted affiliate marketing space to really give some insight into how to make this work for your brand. Creek, welcome.
1: Thanks. Appreciate the time. And I'm excited to talk to you about all this.
0: Excellent. So I love to start off talking about what you learned as a CPG founder in terms of what are some of the best ways to grow your brand and gain awareness because that's really hard and really expensive.
1: Yeah, so I've been in CPG for nearly 15 years now. I started off as an investment banker. I used to buy and sell food companies. I started my first food company about 10 years ago. And that company got really big through influencer marketing. And that was very big back then. It still is, but it kind of got so much saturation now and consumers don't really find that it's valuable because they every influencer is hawking so many different products. So it's like, how do you really find value? And then also tracking ROI on that is so difficult. My most recent company is a candy company and that company, got we launched at the worst time during iOS changes and CAC figures, customer acquisition costs went through the roof. So we realized pretty quickly that CPM cost per impression was broken. How do I go further down the funnel? CPA, cost per acquisition, also called CPS, cost per sale. And we got into affiliate. And that channel is very convoluted. But after over a year of running that traffic, I became an expert in it. And I've owned my own agency for over a year. So I've been doing affiliate traffic in this kind of comprehensive manner for over two years now.
0: That's awesome. And you know, just as you talked about that, one thing that I realized as a founder as well is when you try to do every different marketing channel for your business, you're not going to do any of them well. And it really takes like a dedicated time, at least like three months to dive in, to learn a system yeah. and process and to set up systems to keep it going, or else it's just not going to be successful. And yeah. it's similar with affiliate. I think there's, that's right. A reason a lot of people get this stuff wrong, right?
1: Yeah, no, I think that I'm an anomaly in that like, I realized it pretty early that Facebook and Google were not working. I didn't raise a ton of money. I wasn't willing to put any more of my own cash in. So I went all in and all the agencies were like $15,000 a month to go for an affiliate marketing agency. So I went all in and learned everything and anything I could about affiliate marketing because either that or go under. And I first four months was a real mess. I got hit with a lot of fraud. I didn't know how to do IP scoring, post back controls. I didn't know who the right affiliate partners were. I didn't know who was taking advantage of me. I didn't know what a good offer looked like. So it took me a long time, but after 4, or 5, 6 months of it, I started getting really good at it. Started really understanding the industry and the offers. And then I had some friends in the CPG space ask me, "Creek, can you teach me how to do this." And I kind of had this eureka moment. I can make an agency and help all the brands. And that's kind of where I am today. I love that. I did a little bit of that
0: with Amazon too. Like I dove into Amazon because that's this whole complicated ecosystem. And oh, then sure. once you learn the things, it's fairly easy to replicate, but just doing it the first time is wild.
1: It takes a ton of bandwidth as well, right? The amount of time, effort, right? And then it's unless you have your own brand and product to do it, like you're not going to learn it. So it's very difficult and just like time intensive.
0: So give me a breakdown of how you define affiliate marketing and how it's similar, but different than influencer
1: marketing. Of course. So, my first company, I uh, chips and popcorn brand, we invented the protein chip. We thought of affiliate as influencer marketing give a discount code to an influencer. And they, anytime a sale comes through it, you get that attribution through Shopify's discount codes, and then you give a cut of the sale, right? That is technically affiliate marketing, but it's such a small piece of it. Affiliate marketing really means anywhere that a sale occurs, or not even a sale, you can also do it as a click or even an impression. And attribution gets sent back to a partner. Technically, Facebook can be considered an affiliate marketer. And people do affiliate marketing on Facebook. So I run ads on everything except for Facebook and Google, because quite honestly, everyone and their mother already does that. So I run ads on apps, games, email lists, influencers, mom blogging websites healthy eating websites, native ads, everything I run. And I only run CPA because for me, that is the most effective. I'm very risk averse. So that's the least risky. You're only paying if there's a sale. And I think that's incredibly powerful that not enough brands are taking advantage of.
0: So why do most founders then fail at affiliate market? I know you said it took you like four months to really figure it out and even a little bit longer, but like, what are some of those big hurdles that you ran into?
1: Yeah, so- Facebook's relatively easy. Google's relatively easy. You push a button and it's kind of done for you. Affiliate's not like that. You have to understand how to make tracking links. You have to understand how to make postbacks. Then if you get that basic level, affiliate's got kind of a dirty word to it because there's a lot of fraud in affiliate. In the past, 10 years ago, it was really bad. Past three, four years, it's really cleaned up, but you still need to do fraud prevention. So that includes like IP scoring, postback control, throttling traffic. You have to know these things. And on beyond that, you have to know the affiliates. You have to get, build these relationships. And that takes a lot of time, effort. And also, if you don't do it right, you can have chargeback issues. You can have fraud issues that kind of mess up your Shopify account. So it's not something I recommend brands go right into. And finding a guy like me, isn't. there's not a lot of guys like me. The most real affiliate marketers, what they do is they run something called CPL, cost per lead. And there's more money working with insurance companies, legal firms, solar, etc. But for me, I've been a CPG guy my whole life, my whole professional life. It's what I know, it's what I understand, it's the network I built. So I'd much rather help brands that are kind of better for you in this world.
0: So let's break down then the steps to actually build a successful affiliate strategy. I know this is something that I always a harp on, but it's really around like setting clear goals is the very first thing, because I think that's where a lot of founders get messed up. They're like, cool, I'm going to turn this on, give some people some kickbacks. And of course, they're gonna buy from me right away or promote me. But what do you really kind of mean by like setting what are some of those goals that founders should set and for their expectations?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's everyone wants to increase their sales, right? But there's so much more to that. So, like, I, I say, are you trying to drive subscriptions? So, a lot of people will run what I call a sample the rebuild model, which is like the dollar shave club model, where it's like you get in for five bucks just to try it out. And if you like it, you have a full size pack a month later. That became famous and popular, that model. And I only recommend that for brands that are really subscription kind of products. There's brand awareness stuff. So, where you can run a trial pack. Um, for just try for two, three bucks and you're getting a customer with high intent. So that's a really good campaign. I run a lot of that kind of stuff or you're trying to build an email list, things of that nature. So understand what your goals are and that kind of ties in the offer creation. You want to create an attractive offer for the affiliates, whether that's a, 20% off on this full pack thing or a trial pack, whatever it is, it's got to be attractive because although you're bidding against way less brands and companies than say Facebook because everyone, their mother is running ads on Facebook and there's way less people running ads on these other kind of affiliate partners, you're still kind of competing with them and you still want to create an attractive offer. That's going to convert and it's going to sell and their CPC cost per click or EPC for them, earnings per click is going to be attractive.
0: So let's look into that offer creation a little bit more because as you know, the problem with food is most like products, right? They sell for four or five bucks or even less in a single pack. So brands always end up bundling, but even then average order value is somewhere between 20 and 50 bucks. And Mm -hmm. so even 20% of 50 bucks is only $10. And so it's not always like the most attractive thing for affiliates. If they're selling something that's like $1,500, like a couch or something, or a small couch, and they get 150 bucks for a similar amount of work. So what are some of those issues around like CPG offer creation that you see is like really effective and how you set those offers up?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways you can do this. Um, what you're kind of talking about, that's a rev share model. So like they want to see a very expensive product and they can get a percentage of the cut, I run what I call more of a CPA flat fee model where there's a higher conversion rate. You're paying a lower CPA, but you're getting a ton of eyeballs, a ton of purchases, and you're getting a customer with an intent who's purchasing quite a bit. And that's the end of the day what you want to get. And, and the biggest thing is retention. It always been retention. Getting the first purchase on shelf, right, is about packaging but then it's about repeat orders and velocities. It's the same thing in affiliate. You kind of want to create an attractive offer, but then you want to cultivate that customer to come back, whether that's with email flows, SMS, or even what I consider like middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel retargeting on Facebook. Affiliate, especially for the type I do, is really, really good for top of the funnel, lowering NCAC, new customer acquisition calls, which is quite honestly the most expensive thing on Google or Facebook. So if you're able to supercharge your campaign with a trial offer for really cheap CPA or CAC on affiliate, and then retarget on Facebook or Google in middle of the bottom of the funnel, you can have a very attractive program very quickly.
0: No, I think that's important. And so when you're thinking about that offer as like a flat fee for food brands, I know it's going to kind of vary, but like, what's the dollar range that typically falls into?
1: So there's a range, right? So two to five dollar offers. I see if there's no rebuild, right? The sample the rebuild. If there's no rebuild, I usually see 15, maybe $20. If it's not like a super mass market product. If it's a very mass market product, then you can get away with $15. 5 to 10, you're looking at $25-ish above like anything 10 to 20, you're looking at like $30, $40. And that's just pure conversion rate stuff. You go on Facebook, you're going to be seeing at least 25 30% higher than that. And you're just getting customers for way cheaper. That's why these offers are really attractive to me. Like I run a four for four on an energy drink company, $4 for four cans. They just raise a bunch of money. They're trying to get as many people to try their product as possible. And then they're only running that at 15 bucks. So they get, they're acquiring customers for super cheap and then they're retargeting them and they're sending emails to them. And that's a really, really good customer. You know the old saying, cans and hands? Like you go on the street corner in New York City and they're handing out Vitacoco or C4 Energy or something like that. That's kind of gone away because there's no customer intent. Like, what's the likelihood of me going on the website or repurchasing that product? It's super low. But if you're running a sampling program, but supercharged with purchase with a purchase intent, someone's clicking on the ad or the banner site, whatever it is, they're going to your website, they're reading about it, then they're going through checkout, credit card, email, all that good stuff the likelihood of them repurchasing is so much higher. That's why the cans in hand goes away. And that's why I like these purchase trial kind of offers because they do really well. And as long as you have decent retention track, it's like email, SMS, and like follow-up flows, you can really do well with this.
0: I think that's a really key thing. With my brand T-Squares, I ran a free trial offer on our energy bars. You get like one of each of our three flavors. And it's interesting because when we first made it completely free, like free shipping and free product, We ended up on like a dozen of those free sampling sites overnight. We had like 1,500 orders that weren't fraudulent, but they're from like these really sketchy sites and people. But even simply, as you mentioned, like making the offer two bucks, four bucks, just pay shipping. Like if someone has to pay even $5, it really filters out all the people who are just looking for free stuff, right? Like if there's someone who's just looking for free stuff. If they see something for five bucks, they're like, nope, I have no interest in this. I just want it for free. But as you mentioned, like the people who are like, oh, this is interesting. Like something I could try, pay five bucks for. That's like what I would pay at the store, even less than at the store because you get rid of all the other shipping and purchase barriers for online stuff. It really drives those people who consider.
1: I like that. Yeah, because yeah, you're creating a little extra friction, but that extra friction is actually good because it gets away all the unwanted garbage. And something else I will say, I don't like discount websites. Discount websites are just a race to the bottom. People are Googling your brand plus discount code. And for me and my agency and just in general, I never recommend that. It's just a race to the bottom. You're cutting your own margin. What I do recommend is a trial sampling program where you can run. And I always recommend my own client brands, run it on Facebook and run it with me and compare the caps. It's always cheaper on affiliate. It just is.
0: And then the thing that you mentioned earlier, which is incredibly important, is that this Type of activity is a top of funnel activity. Right. Nice. And so we've talked about this on the podcast before, but there's a couple of different marketing attribution models. I like to think of it as a five step process from starting at the top of awareness, consideration, decision, loyalty, and advocacy. And the idea is that there's the most people interested who are hearing about you at the very top, but the few people, fewer people at the very bottom who become like advocates or even loyalists to your brand. And as you mentioned, As a brand, you really need to optimize starting at the bottom of the funnel and working your way up so that everyone that is trying the product through one of these sampling programs, they have like the best optimized experience possible so that they're converting on the landing page. They like once they get it, they have a great onboarding experience, a great unboxing experience you're following up with them with automated emails and you have retention and loyalty and subscription-driven offers that are going to them to really bring them a part of the brand ecosystem. Otherwise, it's not going to work if you're just expecting a one-time purchase.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I have brands that come, come to me and they're not ready. They don't have their email flow set up. And I say, don't work with me yet. It doesn't make sense. Get that all lined up first, because if you don't have retention, then running any sort of traffic outside of your own organic is not worth it. Because you're going to lose money hand over fist. So it's all about retention. It's all about that follow-up. And like I said, running with me or an affiliate program, you're doing mostly top of the funnel stuff, which is the most expensive compared to Facebook or Google. And Facebook and Google are really good at retargeting because of cookies and whatnot. But they're really bad about getting new customers in. And yeah, they can target. And it's getting better now because so many people have more opted in to getting retargeted. But still not great. It's still more expensive than it's ever been. And adding affiliate channel to your marketing matrix definitely makes sense.
0: I like that. So we talked about setting clear goals and offer creation. How do you actually find the right affiliates to work with?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. And it really is because once you have a good offer, once you have a good product, you kind of set your goal. It is about going to market and finding. it. So there are platforms like Sale that have like a marketplace or impact, but you're not going to get very far just because they have a ton of people reaching out to them. So there's agency options out there. Most of them are 10, plus $10,000. It just takes a lot of bandwidth. It really does. But it's going to be about just a lot of reaching out constantly. And it's not the easiest thing. And again, I've been doing this for two years. So I've kind of built up my network and I have economies of scale. So I've got about 20 brands that I work with right now. So like people come to me more than me reaching out, which is interesting. And I kind of bet them out one by one. So I have my own internal processes, but It is a big bandwidth suck. And I I do understand there is limited um, capacities and capabilities when you're a smaller brand. But there is value to it over the long haul.
0: I think the one value of getting a little bit of help with it is when you don't know the affiliates, you're working with them all for the first time. So you have no idea what to expect. But if yeah. you like, with you work across different brands and you can reuse affiliates to say, hey, this person has a really engaged audience that actually drives sales versus in this category versus these other ones that we tried out and they don't, right?
1: Yeah, that plus there is still some fraud in affiliates. So there is like a risk. So you got to be able like to eat that and have a limited cap of what you're trying to spend, which is, I think, always smart to do. Even when I have my own clients, I always tell them like, listen, what's your cap for the month? Let me know. I'll try my best not to go over it. And which is sometimes difficult. Like a mom blogger puts something up and it goes over budget like it's hard for me to get it off the blog you know it's not exactly like facebook when you're running app traffic like i do then i can just take the ad of the apps like i run a lot of ads on like nba 2k or the kardashian app i run a lot of traffic on those places but when you start going to mom bloggers or an email list like an email gets sent out it gets sent out so it's hard to stay within budget but your fraud is much lower which is good but also just finding like affiliates that kind of match your product line like I run a couple of energy products. I have a supplement line that I work with, which are two supplement lines. And I've got a great fitness app that when you're on promo, you'll get like 4 million eyeballs on you and get a couple hundred orders over those couple of days, which is really, really good traffic. But like Jerky Sticks is one of my companies and I don't put them on mom blogs because that's not really like a natural fit for me but I put them on a Kardashian app, a home improvement app I run that traffic on. So it's got to be the right fit for your product market, you know? I love that. And
0: so once you actually find them, how do you actually provide that ongoing value to them? I know that you we already talked about kind of paying them the right fees, but like, how do you build the relationship with them to maintain that over time?
1: Yeah. So it's about just building that over time, but also like having an attractive offer, whether that's, I call it a hook. You have to have some kind of a hook. So whether it's an exclusive offer, I'm only giving you this bundle, or is it a like a nice discount? Like, hey, 20% off. Like mom bloggers are the best for this. Like mom bloggers won't put anything on this thing. It's like, hey, I have an exclusive discount, 20% off purchase to purchase it while it lasts, kind of thing. So that's why I like trial offers, because it's like very attractive. I like a good hook offer, like a 20% off, 25% off kind of limited deal kind of thing, or like an exclusive bundle. So the affiliates don't want just something that's on your website, right? Like most of these trial offer things like they're you can't find it on the website, it's a separate lander that goes to the shop file, it's a little process, but it's exclusive. And that exclusivity kind of makes the affiliates and the partners feel special.
0: I love that. And then do you maintain like regular outreach to them to give them like ideas on like what to post about or how to talk about the products and the ongoing yeah. basis?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when I onboard a client, I have an onboard checklist. And part of that is do you give me your brand guidelines? Give me a paragraph on your brand. What am I using? What kind of like, like I put together native ads and banner ads for a lot of my things to my clients. So I gotta make sure like they approve them and whatnot. And then I create Slack channels for all my brands. But beyond that, Skype is really big in affiliate. So I have a Skype for all my affiliates, which is really funny because affiliate got big 10, 15 years ago, which was when Skype got big and nobody's migrated off it. So I'm on Slack for the CPG guys. I'm on Skype for the affiliates but you kind of got to play in both worlds.
0: And then we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but how do you recommend going about tracking the performance of the affiliates?
1: You got to have a tracking platform for whether you're using share or sale. I use an internal one with the UTM. So I do direct linking. And for me, it's all about data. So I run on CPA. So if an offer doesn't perform, right, and you're not getting sales on it, that's actually not the worst thing in the world because if an offer doesn't perform on Facebook, you're losing a ton of money because that's CPM, you're paying for the impressions. But if an offer doesn't perform on CPAs, like you're just not getting the sales, but you're not paying either. So it's very little risk. The problem there is you can't scale a program. I can't show the KPIs and the data to another affiliate and bring it to them. So a good example is an energy drink company I work with. First came to me, we did like 100, I think it's 111 orders. I actually know this number exactly. We're doing case studies right now. We're rebuilding our website. We had 111 orders first month. And like, well, that's great. Like, you guys can do a lot more. Let's work on this. Second month, we tweaked something, only did 35 orders. But again, like you're not paying me or anything. You're only paying for the orders. We're close. Something's off. We tweaked it and we got it and we figured it out. This past month, they did 1,200 orders. And I I was like, that's what it should be. If you're doing it right, the offer makes sense and we get the right partners, it can be 1,000, 2,000 orders a month. I got one client in less than three months, we've driven nearly 6,000 subscribers for him. Like His business is doing over a million dollars today and that's in less than a year. That's amazing.
0: And I love that you're going through like an optimizing with that because, like you said, like the yeah. offers, they don't always make the sense the first out of the gate. And if you see that decrease, you may be like, oh, let's just give up and focus on something else. But if you stick with it, continue the tweak and find that right combination, and that's how you find the yeah. success.
1: No, and that's so interesting. My old brands, I remember I worked with performance marketing and I was only doing Facebook and we weren't doing great. And like, you need to spend more money. You're only spending $10,000 on your ad, $5,000 on ad, whatever it is. And I was like, this is crazy. I'm spending so much money. I'm losing so much. And you're telling me to spend more because the data is not good to optimize. And I'm like, this is broken. This has not worked for me. And for small brands, it doesn't work. That's why this affiliate model and CPA works really well. Because again, yeah, that energy company, it didn't work in the early days, but then we kind of, but they didn't lose money on it. And next month. Yeah, they only 35 orders, but again, not losing money on the impressions. You're still getting thousands of impressions. You're still getting thousands of clicks, but you're not paying for it. And that is why it's so valuable.
0: Creek, I really appreciate you breaking this down and it makes a ton more sense to me. And so I think this is awesome. And so, you know, I think for founders listening, if you want to get into affiliate, Creek just broke down exactly how to do it. But no, it's going to take four or five, seven months of your time really getting into it, but can be really profitable for you. If you don't have time for that, you're focused on other things, but really still want to build this out, make sure you have an optimized marketing funnel at the bottom first and then contact Creek, right? The good thing about him, which I really like is he works with brands on a pay on sale basis, meaning there's no retainer. There's a small setup fee at the beginning, but other than that, you're only paying with sales that are coming in. So if it doesn't work, there's little out of your pocket that's lost. And if it does, it can really take off. So I'll include the link down in the uh, description as well. So you can get in touch and reach out to him to see if this is going to be a good fit for your brand or not and take it from there. Creek, thanks so much for being on.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate it. I love the community and I'm a CPG guy first. I've been a brand owner for many years. So I understand the trials and tribulations and what it takes to be successful in this space.
0: And that makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah.